0: show of hands, how many of you started out this year with some things you wanted to change? Anybody? Okay, yeah, okay, thank you for that. All right, let me ask you, how's it going? How's it going so far? If it's going good, congratulations, because you are the exception. For me, it's going not so good. In January, I set a goal to lose 20 pounds, and now I'm only 25 pounds away from my goal. I have grown as a person in 2023. <laughs> I, I'm more of a man than I used to be. People say I have a dad bod. I prefer the term father figure. <laughs> What's cool is that nowadays I could actually be a model for Target. <laughs> Y'all yeah, know it's true. Big and beautiful, baby. <laughs> only 25 pounds away. Am I the only one struggling to reach my goals? Okay, I'm not alone. I didn't think so. According to a study of 40 million people, the overwhelming majority of us quit our New Year's resolutions, not by February 1st. By the second Friday in January. <laughs> oh, boy! and the sad reality is that for many of us, is that we start out the year with good intentions, but by next New Year's Eve, we'll still weigh more than we want to weigh. We'll still spend more than we make, and we'll still want to read the Bible every day, but we didn't. Today's message is for those of you who want to change who hope to change, who have tried to change, and maybe you're wondering if change is even possible at this point. I want to give you hope today. I call this message, when you're sick of being stuck. Okay, come on, if you want to look at somebody, tell them, I'm sick of being stuck. Come on, look at your second choice and tell them, I'm sick of being stuck. <laughs> If you feel like many of us, you're frustrated, you're exhausted, maybe you're embarrassed, maybe you're even ashamed that you can't change. The good news is you're not alone. In fact, you're in good company because there's a guy who wrote over half the books in the New Testament. Anybody know who I'm talking about? The Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul understands what it's like to try to do the right thing, but not do the right thing. Romans 7.15, he said, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. And then watch what he says in Romans 7.24, oh, what a miserable person I am. Can anybody relate to that sense of it? Whether the world is wrong with me, I tried to change this year, and I tried to change last year, and I tried to change the year before that and I did everything they said to do. I set goals. I I got the workout clothes and I got the daily journal and I even made a vision board. Something I don't know about. I did everything I knew to do. Right intentions, wrong strategy. Here's the problem. We're trying to change but we're trying to change in the wrong way. This is what you need to know this morning. Real change is not behavioral modification. Real change is spiritual transformation. It's not just changing what we do on the outside. It's allowing God to change who we are on the inside. Okay? It's not just behavior modification. Real change is spiritual transformation. And that's why the Apostle Paul goes on to say, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. How many of y'all know Jesus is the answer? Thank God the answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is in my mind? I really want to Because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. And the next verse says, There is therefore now no condemnation. Somebody say no condemnation. There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. It's not behavior modification. It's spiritual transformation. But here's the problem that we run into, because I don't know if y'all noticed this yet. You probably haven't. I don't know if you've noticed this, but church people are perfect. (laughs) I'm probably the only one who's noticed that, and and it's not y'all, because I've, I've been to other churches. You know what I mean? Here's the problem with church folks, is that there are three mindsets Christians have when it comes to life change, Two are wrong and one is right. The first wrong mindset is this. It's God, then it's me. Okay? It's God, then it's me. In other words, God saves me, then everything else is my responsibility. It's the mentality of it's all up to me. Basically, it's the idea that God does all the work to bring you into the family of God and then either, okay, good luck, it's on you now. Many of us live like that and we don't realize it. Okay, I'm trying to stop losing my temper with my kids. I'm trying. I'm trying to start, stop cussing, kind of darn it, but you don't say darn it. I'm trying to get close to God. I, I'm trying to stop spending four hours a day on TikTok and the gram. But we have this mindset if it's going to be, it's up to me. That's not how this works. The first mindset is, it's God then me. It's all up to me. And then the second mindset is this, it's God, not me. This is the opposite of the first mindset. This is basically saying it's all up to God. While well, the first one is all about us getting things done, the second one really absolves us of all responsibility. And there are some Christians who have this mindset, it's God, not me, okay? It puts all the responsibility on God, and he has to do everything. For example, if it's God, not me, if I don't like my job, I'll just quit my job. God's got to give me another one. (laughs) You might think, I want to get closer to God, but you haven't read the Word of God since 1998. You haven't been back to church since COVID hit. And you're wondering, why am I not close to God? you surprised? One of my favorite ones is this. You spend more money than you make it over and over again. What do you do? You buy a lottery ticket and you dedicate it to the Lord and say, God's going to provide. Bless your heart. And I'm kind of joking, but I'm kind of serious because that's how a lot of people live. So there's three mindsets. The first one is God that is me. The second one is God, not me. But here's the third one and the right one is God through me. It's God through me. Come on, tell somebody it's God through me. It's not behavioral modification, it's spiritual transformation. God through me. I want show you how the Apostle Paul recognized this principle in his life. 1 Corinthians 15, 9, he said, I'm the least of the apostles, for I'm not worthy to be called an apostle of God, because I persecuted the church of God. Now remember, this is the great Apostle Paul who wrote half the books in the New Testament, right? He started countless churches, preached the gospel to untold multitudes, and here he is saying, I'm not worthy to be called an apostle Because at one point I was persecuting the church, but he goes on to say this, and I love this verse 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. (laughs) Listen, the grace that saves you is the same grace that changes you. Let me say that again. That same grace that saves you is the same grace that changes you. And one of the definitions of the grace of God is the power to overcome sin. So I'll put it like this. The power that saves you is the same power that changes you. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace toward me was not in vain. I labored for abundantly... Then they all, and he really did. He got up earlier. He stayed up later. He started more churches. He raised up more church leaders. He preached the gospel more fearlessly. He was beaten. He was left for dead. He was whipped. He was stoned. He was shipwrecked. He was persecuted. And he still didn't stop going. But look at what he says next. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Paul is saying, It was the grace of God through me. Wasn't all God, it wasn't all me, it was God through me. Real change is God through you. All right, preacher, what does that look like on Monday when I want to eat three dozen donuts? How does that work when I want to yell at my boss and take him hostage and ask for ransom money? The real change is through you, what does that look like? I, I'm going I'm to give you the secret. Are you ready for the secret? All right. Here's the secret. For change to be spiritual, change... I don't see y'all writing this down. This is the greatest secret of life this morning. Okay. Got to pay attention. Look. Okay. You ready? Okay. For change to be spiritual transformation, it has to be Spiritual. Isn't that deep? For, for, For change to be spiritual transformation, it has to be spiritual. Did you get that? Okay, it has to be driven by the Spirit of God and not your own willpower. Okay, it's when you tap into the Kingdom purpose for that change in your life. It's not just I want to change and I want to do better. It becomes, okay, what does God want to accomplish through this change in my life? It's shifting your life from self motivated to kingdom motivated, okay? Uh, God is the attitude of I want to lose weight so I can live good in my bathing suit. Hashtag, look at me. That's you, not God. But when it's gone through you, I'm losing weight because my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and I want to honor God in my body. I'm going to eat right and get in shape because I can't tell people about Jesus if I'm dead. It's not behavior modification, it's spiritual transformation. Forget your little selfish reasons for wanting to change. Get you a kingdom principle and then let that work in your life. When you stop seeking your own will and start seeking God's will, that's when real change can happen. What do you do? You get lined up with God's Word and and, and with what God wants to do in your life. And when that happens, it's no longer you trying to change on your own. It's God through you making those changes in your life. You're moving from self-motivated to kingdom-motivated. Colossians 1.27 Christ in me, the hope of glory. Amen. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through who? Christ who strengthens me. It's God in you. Spiritual transformation. So what do you do this week when you get that notification on your phone that says you spent 92 hours on social media this week? And you're thinking, I probably should spend less time on my phone. What's your reason? Because I don't want to be on my phone all the time. No, no, that's self-motivation. That's not good enough. Get a spiritual reason. Find kingdom motivation. What are the two great commandments? Love God and love love your neighbor. How are you loving God and loving your neighbor staring at a screen all the time? Here's your kingdom motivation. Less screen time, more worship, less scrolling, more helping people. How about that? I'm, I'm helping somebody today. I, maybe it's the one listening down the line, but I'm helping somebody. Now it's not just you, it's gone through you. And when you bring God into the equation, there's nothing He can't change in your life. You say, I want to get better at my money. Well, why? Because I'm tired of being broke. It's not a bad reason. That's not enough. Get a spiritual reason Here's a better approach. Everything I have comes from God. Therefore, I want to manage what I have well to honor God, to acknowledge Him, to worship Him, to tithe, to support the work of the kingdom. I don't want to be to the point where I'm barely paying my bills. I want to walk in obedience to God to where I can bless other people. When you add a spiritual why, okay, when you go from self-motivated to kingdom-motivated, what does it do? It changes your heart. And that's the real first step to life change, is it not Come on. It shifts your focus from what you want to what God wants. What is God's purpose in this and in my life? And with God's purpose comes God's power. For spiritual transformations to take place, it's got to be what? Okay. Take you a little while. Let's try it again. For spiritual transformation to take place, it has to be what? There you go. You got it. I love Zechariah 4, 6, where the Old Testament prophet says, Word to Zerubbabel, a guy who is trying to bring about real change in his world. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's not you. It's God through you, When God's Spirit is working through you, then you're not trying on your own anymore. You have a power far greater and far stronger working inside of you. You've got the God of heaven. You've got the creator of the universe, the great I Am. You've got the Alpha, the Omega, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the everlasting God, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead working in your life. My question to you you today is what do you want to change? You had your goal and by the second Friday it was gone. Maybe you want to overcome an addiction. We've all been there in some shape or form. Maybe you want to get more organized. Maybe you want to pray every day with your husband or wife. What do you do? You find your spiritual why. You find your kingdom motivation. What does God want to do through this? By the help of Jesus, I'll overcome this eviction because I am not a slave to sin, but by the power of God, I'm set free. It's a spiritual why. I want to get organized. Okay, God is a God of order, so I'm going to organize my life so I can order around what matters most. I want to pray with my husband, pray with my wife. Well, God is the foundation of marriage. He established it. He built it. He sustained it. So God blesses when marriages pray together. So, I got a little homework for you this morning. (laughs) Y'all thought you just came to be entertained this morning. Nope! Your first assignment, and we're going to build on this over the next few weeks, because this series is about living a lifestyle of change. Not making new new year's resolutions that are gone in less than two weeks. We're going to talk about building a lifestyle of change. So, your assignment today is to define your spiritual why. You you know that you need to change why. What what honors God? What does God want to accomplish in this? Because your spiritual why is that kingdom connection. And with God's purpose comes God's power. So we'll talk about our spiritual why. We're going to get into your spiritual how. What is your spiritual how? It's God's power through you. You're tempted to lose your temper on your kids, and you remember, no, 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 That i got a spiritual why. I want to lead my kids. I want to be a good example because I want to follow Jesus. That's your why. But what's, what's your spiritual how? Something called the power of the Holy Spirit and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. It's not my power. It's God's power. It's His love, His joy, His peace, His kindness, His stillness, right? His faithfulness and His self-control in me. What do we know? Real change is not God in you. It isn't God not you. Real change is always God through you. So behavior modification is spiritual transformation. It is a change of heart. It's change from the inside out. Listen, if you only change your behavior and you don't change your heart, that behavior's gonna come back. Just think about every New Year's resolution you've ever had. That, some of y'all look good for a wow. while. If you change your behavior, you don't change your heart, that behavior is going to come right back again. And that's why we're not trying to change. We're trusting God. So if you're sick of being stuck, i got got new good news for you this morning. There is power outside of you that will help you change. That's why the Apostle Paul said, I want to do the right thing, but I don't. But he also said, thank God Jesus is the answer. The power of God to save you is the same power of God That changes you. God said to him, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. Oh, use a good diet. Buy the app. Have accountability. Use all that stuff you want to use. But the heart of your power is always the grace of God in your life. And when you don't have the willpower and you don't have the strength, God says, you know what? My power is made perfect in weakness. So if you find that area where you can't change, stop being ashamed of it and embrace it and say this is an area that God can change in me. When I am weak, His power is made perfect. Jesus didn't come to make us better. He came to rescue us, to save us, to change us, and to set us free. That is who He is. The Bible says, He who the Son sets free is... Indeed. Will you stand this morning as we pray and just seek God for a few moments? I know that God wants to work some life change in somebody's life this morning. I saw something recently. that was, was a tape of an evangelistic meeting outside of Nigeria and Africa. There were almost two million people in the crowd. They went back as far as you could see and in the darkness. And there were follow up ministers who said, over 400,000 people were delivered and filled with the Holy Ghost. Because they needed it. We don't have 400,000 here this morning, but we got you. If you were the only one that needed to be delivered, rescued, saved, set free, Jesus would have done what He did just for you. People know that this is a moment of ministry. Everything else that happens in the church is preparation work. But when God touches you and we pray with you, transformation happens, God settles the solution in life. That's ministry. And I want to invite you to come for ministry this morning. I got transformed July 6th, 1975. I didn't quit doing drugs. I finished. If you quit school, you always wondered, Should I go back? When you graduate from that to the next phase of life, there's nothing to go back to. Whatever's got you bound, discouraged, God's got the remedy for it. It's a spiritual transformation. God is ready. Amen. Ready. Let's pray. God. You got a burden for somebody who's not here. You want God to send the house of heaven, laying after their head. Let's the Holy Ghost on this morning. Amen. Would you join with you Father, right now, every soul in the house stands need a fresh touch of your glory. God, you deserve the glory. We are the best. We